What's up, guys? Welcome back to the S3 Magazine podcast. Today, we are here with Frank Garcia, the owner and founder of Downstar. They make dress-up bolts, skateboard equipment. It's going to be a fun talk. All right, so before we get started, I need to plug uh, the magazine because after a long-awaited three months of COVID-19 <laughs> BS, we finally have a new issue. Um, issue 54 is live right there if you're That's watching it. it. Um, you can get it at www.s3mag.com. <clears throat> um, so you can subscribe for 20 bucks. You get two, the magazine for two years and a free T-shirt. Like, you can't beat that deal. Come on, guys. Get it together. Uh, but anyways... Frank, my dude, how you doing? Thank you, brother. Thank you guys for having me. I'm uh, I'm doing awesome, man. It's a great way to start the weekend for sure. Hell yeah. How you guys yeah, doing? So, uh, you know, making dude, it. I'm good. I'm just thinking about the last time I saw you, which was outside of the bathroom at <laughs> Schema. First time I saw up a whole new thing, which is I'm sure it happened to you. It's happened to everybody. You're at SEMA or some sort of busy place like that, and you come out of the bathroom and your hands wet because you just walked. Yeah. <laughs> and you see somebody you know, and you're like, oh, "What's up, man? Sorry, man. What's up, dude? Yeah, no, it's it's cool, um, man. That's the one thing I like about SEMA, is that you just run into people at random places, whether it's at the event or like after at the club or something. It's funny thing is, last last time I was at the restroom at like the Luxor after that, like the the Grid Life. Um, event that they yeah, did. Yeah, the after party. Yeah. <laughs> I see a bunch of dudes in the restroom too. Like, hey, what's up, guys? <laughs> yeah, dude. Back when we used to shake hands, it's going to be interesting this year because yeah. everybody's like kind of weird about like Corona. Yeah. And you're going to be like, yo, thinking, hey. That, that, <laughs> yeah. that won't fly these days. Dude, I'm already. Did you, Hunter, we were at APR yesterday. Like the awkwardness of like, do I shake your hand? Do I not shake your hand? Are you like worried about it? Or should I? I don't want to act like I'm worried about it. Like, I this is going to be a thing for a while, dude. It's oh, going to yeah. be like a weird... I have a bad habit. I have a very bad habit of just falling right back into it. Yeah, like, I meet yeah, somebody yeah. new, and I immediately go for the handshake. And then after I've done it, I'm like, damn it. Like, why did I... I probably shouldn't have done that. <laughs> just yeah. stick with the handshake. You'll be all right. It'll be fine. We'll, just, we'll be fine. Uh, speaking uh, of the club uh, and Lux, I, I don't know if this is, you know, whatever, too personal for... Um, uh, the podcast, but don't worry about it because nobody really listens to it. Are you still <laughs> like totally sober, not drinking? Totally, almost ten years in in November. Oh shit! Yeah, wow. That's crazy. Congrats, it's dude. Like, yeah, Thank Jesse you, and Hunter, you. you probably don't know this either, but you know, like the three of us, me, Mike, and Frank, go back. Shoot, twelve years, oh, yeah. ten years, yeah, something like yeah, that, yeah, and. Yeah. You know, like we used to party and whatnot, and all of a sudden Frank was like, "I'm not about it anymore," and we're like, "Cool, <laughs> man." That. Cool, man. We'll give you the weekend or whatever. It's been 10 years. He got his life together, man. He's yeah. business. Yeah, successful dude. now. We're proud of you, man. Yeah. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it, man. It's, it's dope to have these kind of conversations, especially with people like you guys, because you were there from the beginning, you know? So to some people, I'm Frank from Downstar. And then to other people, I'm Frank who's starting this company, Downstar. And I like that. Well, all right. So like, let's, let's talk about that. I, I mean, I, yeah, I met you shortly after, I guess, through Greg B Bussell. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Okay. So if I remember this correctly, Downstar was kind of a thing that you, a name that you had in high school. 
Is that yeah, true? yeah, yeah. So back in high school, it was about 2001 when I came up the name. I was selling CDs. So um, I had a I had a CD burner, and I would have like a whole list of all the CDs that I had in my collection. You're talking Led Zeppelin to Britney Spears, everything. Uh-huh. So yeah. I would pass around that list at school, and people would say, "Oh, I want this CD." Say, "Okay, cool. I'll have it tomorrow. Four bucks, quick, just like that." I would sell really? to the teachers and stuff. So. <laughs> Back then, I was into uh, I was into skateboarding, and uh, I was into that brand Dark Star, and I just liked that name. So I was like, you know what? I want to have my own. I want to call this a business because I guess this is the business. I'm selling things and making money, so this is I'm gonna call it Down Star. So I have the first shirt that I ever made. It was the Dark Star logo, but I changed the letters to say Down Star, and then it says bootlegging copywritten shit since 2001. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's where you LimeWire or LimeWire? What what download uh, did you? I never went on um, Napster. Okay, so it was always after okay. Napster. So when it was like completely free, you know. Yeah. So it was like Morpheus, LimeWire, BearShare. Um, I remember LimeWire. That was whatever. The there's usually yeah. like a couple other ones that would. That would fall in. Oh, Kazaa. Kazaa was a good yeah. one, too. Oh, my God. I hadn't heard that in a long time. Throw it, back. Some old names Throw it back with a stack of, verba- of verbatim CDs. Dude, so- and Morpheus. Morpheus, too. Oh, oh my no, God, mind. dude. Yeah. <laughs> I'm back in my college apartment now. Yeah, dude. That's crazy. Yeah. All right. So how did Hondas happen? Because you... You had like you still have right a Chevelle Ooh, or some guy. some some fucking muscle car or something like that, yeah. So yeah, how did you, how'd you go from that to Hondas, and how did you? I mean, this is a bunch of questions in one, but just kind of tell us the backstory. Like, how did you go from that to Hondas and find a peel in a in a Honda hatch, and then how did you go from Hondas to like, shoot, man, like I'm gonna make myself a home here. Like this is kind of my thing. Like I see a place or whatever. Like how did all that happen? You know what, dude? This is like. It's like a movie, bro. It, it's it's weird how everything lined up. And I don't know if it's because I can see things, what they can be, the potential of what they can be, or I'm going in the right path or what. But it's just, it's so weird how things happen. So back in 2004, we left California and we ended up moving up to northern Nevada in Carson City, Nevada, mm-hmm. because we had family up there. Um, the houses were extremely expensive down here. So we sold our house here and bought a bigger house in Nevada and we were just relocating. And um, so I started working at Best Buy doing installation because I was really heavy into car audio. I did car audio here in California. That's my I was, shit. I was dude. Circuit City and uh, Tweeter. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you know what it is, man. So it was like Best Buy is the entry level into that. So yeah. if you want to go work at like a, a mom and pop stereo shop, they would want you to start off at like a Best Buy. So you break everything or whatever you want to do there. <laughs> so I wanted to work at Best Buy so then I could work at maybe a bigger stereo shop. So when I start working there, I start working with um, my lead at the time is Raul Ramirez, who is now the owner of Checkered Sports. Oh, so, oh yeah. yeah. So Raul, he was working over there and he's into Honda's. I show up with my Chevelle. I'm like, hey, what's up, man? I'm the new guy. You know, of course, we end up hitting it off. And he's just all day. He's just on the computer, on the forums. Like, hey, dude, what are you doing? He's like, oh, we're just looking at parts. You know, I wasn't into Hondas. They were Hondas back in the day. Do I have a 350 Chevelle, bro? I'm not messing with (laughs) (laughs) Hondas. So 
the longer that I hang out with him, the better the friendship gets. I start getting into the hobby a lot more. And I say, hey, well, I'm just going to join NWP because I don't have any friends in Nevada. You know, I don't have nothing to do. We just relocated. I have this dude. He's my friend. So let me just build this relationship. And, dude, it's all downhill from there, man. It just <laughs> I, I got that bug. I just started watching the build threads. I remember I seen this car is uh, maybe you guys remember is this guy on NWP Honda Tech. His name was uh, Funhouse. I think his real name is Ryan, but it was P H U N H A U S. He had a right hand drive E G silver one, and if I show you guys a picture, you'll know. But in the engine bay, it was completely tucked. It had been in like strut bar, and um, when I seen that engine bay, that it, it blew my mind because I've never seen anything, any Honda look like that. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. After that, dude, it was like, I need to get one of those. And then, yeah. you know, get the right-hand drive. And um, I actually got the right-hand drive in 2009. So from about 2005, getting into it, 2007, jumping on the forums, trying to figure things out, you know, get a, a hoopty Honda. And then come 2000, January 2009 is when I finally decided to get my own right-hand drive because Raul, he would get them imported and he would get them registered in Nevada and flipping them. So that dude had maybe like 20 right-hand drives that he would always bring to the install bay. And I'm just like, oh, another oh, Honda. Oh, dang. Cool. Hell yeah. yeah. That's wild. Was that, was yours the black one? Was that your yeah, first the black one. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's the first, that's when I met you. That's the one that we featured. It's funny, dude, because our stories kind of line up. Like I was in Athens, Georgia, University of Georgia, and I was rolling down the street one time. I think I had a couple of cars at my point uh, at my apartment. I had my GST Eclipse. I had a Mark One GTI. I think I was in the GTI, and some dude kind of ran up on me, like on the little highway, and was like, "Yo, follow me!" And I was like, "Okay." So I just <laughs> followed this dude all the way to his house, and he had a buddy bitching Mark One um, for the time at his house, and so he was showing me that and. I ended up, he worked at Circuit City as one of the managers in the in the road shop or whatever they called yeah, yeah. the uh, the car audio. He was like, yo, you should come and get a job. And I was like, all right, I'll do that. And then got a job. And, and yeah, it's the same thing. Like, we all ended up clicking up together. We, like, worked together. We hung out together. We partied at night together. Our apartment was fast yeah. and furious because this was yep. like 02, 03. <laughs> you know, so it was all neons and giant subs. And we thought we were the coolest people in the whole apartment complex. And we would just yeah. beat, the beat the block up all night yeah. long. But it was fun, dude. It was the same thing. It, like, started this camaraderie, which pretty much honestly led to, like, the little friendly competition where we started, you know, throwing everything on our credit cards to build our cars up, which <laughs> yeah. probably is what got me in a hole and got me hooked enough to, to you know, be in this for life or whatever. Um, yeah. But that's where it's stuck. That's where it's like, dude, I don't know what we're going to do after college, but it ain't going to be something stupid. That's for sure. Right? You know? So you, that's man. when ours kind of stuck. But hell yeah, man. So we featured <clears> that. <throat> that you, you don't still have that car, do you? The black EG? Hell yeah. My dude. Hey, wait, wait, wait. The black EG is not the gray EG that you... Not the left-hand drive. The, the gray is a left-hand drive. I get them all confused. Okay, okay. So you still got the black one, right? Yeah. What motors it got now? Right now, nothing. Oh, Wait, okay. so your black one is like like your first your hoopty? No, 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 no. So, okay. so I had got a 86 hatchback, which was my first Honda ever. Okay. That so, would actually be dope. I want that one now. Yeah. 
so I got that car, and um, I mean, that was my entry into the love of Hondas, you know, just beating the shit out of that car and just driving forever. And um, then after that, I got a 91 SI and uh, just lowered on like spring. So I basically just started yeah, yeah. up eBay stuff, springs. And then, okay, I get a now I got a 92 SI Captiva Blue. And I'm like, oh, I'm not messing with those. I'm doing it real. I'm doing Tokiko Blues with Skunk 2 sleeves. I'm doing yes. real yeah. suspension now. Yeah. And, uh, and then I got rid of that car and then I got the right hand in 2009. So I like to say that that my career started in Hondas in 2009 because everything before it wasn't, it was just, it was just like a, a side Yeah, of course. Yeah. It wasn't nothing serious. Yeah. yeah. So how did Downstar, the you know the new version like the bolts start? Like how did that? Like okay, so now you got a Honda. You're kind of like super into this import scene. You're starting to hit events and shit. Like, and I guess that's where we met because you started going out to the East Coast stuff a lot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, how did how did actual Downstar happen? Where you were like, man, I see something here. So. January 2009, I end up getting the right-hand drive. I got it from G-Speed. I don't know if you guys ever heard of it. It was a shop yeah. here in L.A., which they would import so many cars, you know. So I end up getting the right-hand drive. Um, I knew how to work on cars already. Plus, I've been doing research for the last two years on the forums, you know, when people would do build threads yeah, or, yeah. or whatever DIYs. I would be like, oh, I want to do that one day. And, um, you know, since I was doing car audio, I was already familiar with, how wiring works, how the electronics of a car works. So when you start working on a 92 Civic, it's way easier right. than like a 2005 Tahoe or something like right, that. Right, right. You know? So I get the car. Um, I bought the car with no engine, brought it home. And then I'm just looking in the engine bay like, okay, I don't need this. I don't need this. Take a picture, text it to Raul. Hey, do I need this bracket? No, cut it off. Just cutting, <laughs> welding, cutting, doing everything. And I, I even... Um, so I'm, I'm putting the car together, right? We yeah. paint, the, paint the engine bay. I finally get the motor. Uh, I actually did my first wire tuck ever on that motor. Hell like yeah. Just tearing apart the harness and be like, okay, this wire goes from here to here, but let's make it go this way, this way, this way. Because yeah. that's just all, all I did in uh, at Best Buy. You know? right. So yeah, once yeah. I'm putting it back together, then of course I don't have all the hardware because the motor wasn't even in the car. Um, and the stuff that was there, it was uh, rusted out or, or whatever, right. you know, just old looking. And with me is I'm always, I've always been very detail oriented. So if I'm going to put my time into something, I'm just not going to grab like a bolt from, from a random jar and put it on there. So I see people with dress up hardware um, on the forums which was, I don't know if you guys remember, we call it the V1 hardware. It's like a stamped washer, kind of kind of like a bubble with an Allen bolt, right? Okay, right. I've got, I've got a local buddy who has an Integra that he's had since it was brand new with V1 hardware on it. No way. Yeah, the whole engine bay, yeah. He's had it since he was in high school, yeah. <laughs> yeah, see, and that, I, I wanted that, but nobody would tell me where to get it from. Nobody sold hardware like they do now. And I think there was only one brand out before, which was the brand Gallery Fresh. I don't know if you guys remember Gallery Fresh, mm -mm. but they were selling hardware similar to ours. But you're talking maybe like, well, the prices that we're asking now for hardware back then when there wasn't a market. Right. So when everybody see, nobody's going to spend 250 bucks on hardware because in 2009, that's just ridiculous. 
you right. know, the most the most people would do is like the Mugen hardware. And if you're balling, you're gonna have you know twenty pieces for the yeah. front and yeah. five hundred bucks on that just to like show your dick or whatever, you know. But it's like <laughs> I can't spend that on that. Everybody on forums isn't telling me where to get the stuff, so I'm just like, okay, well, let me just go to this hardware store, take this bolt, and see if they have a, something new at the least, something that looks better. So yeah. I ended up finding that hardware that I wanted, got it, put it on my build thread. And then the same way I was asking other people, they were asking me. Yeah. And I, I've been a hustler since I was born, man. So I was like, shit, I got them for a dollar. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. That was That's- about 2000. That was 2009, April 2009, when I started the website for Downstar. So between January and well, I didn't start the website, excuse me, started selling. So between January and April was when the whole idea of, hey, I could start selling these parts came to play. So then the Honda scene became double. It was a hobby. It was something that I could have fun with. But now I can make some money from it. Yeah, this. you're in it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So... I, I know you're you're kind of a one man show. Is it still that way? Is it still pretty much you, or you got like guys that help you? It's me and um, my guy Alex, and okay. then uh, my wife. She helps us now because she's not working anymore. So she's she's uh, working at Downstar, which is awesome. That's cool. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah so dude. She, that's <clears throat> that's sick. Me and Mike actually. Like when we're, you know, having our daily conversations or whatever. A lot of times we still to this day reference you. In like, because you were really kind of on top of this transition, like you used social media in a really smart, but like, but, but like, what's the word? Just kind of like genuine way. It wasn't like, bye, 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 bye. You know, you interacted with people and stuff. And we also talk about, you know, you, you did it alone, which I kind of admire. I I couldn't do that. Like, I, I'm just, I mean, look, like we're like a posse or whatever. (laughs) We're like a crew. And I always like that. I I need people around me or whatever. And I always thought it was kind of cool that you were able to kind of just, I don't, I don't know how you do it. Like, how do you make the decisions that it takes to run a company without bouncing ideas like all three of these guys can vouch like every random stupid little idea i have we got to talk about it like we just bounce yeah. everything off you know like yeah is it hard doing it on your own i anyway the point it's- i was trying to like get to is that yeah you were kind of one of the forefront guys to like use social media and the changing landscape of business and everything to really go out there on your own and kind of create this thing i i, I just think it's pretty cool like thank you one- man yeah, dude, it was one um, of those things where, like, you were everybody's boy and buddy. It was kind of broke down this barrier of, like, I'm company, you're consumer, you know, and it was yeah, more, yeah. it was just different. I can't, it's hard yeah. to explain. I'm no, not- I know what you mean, dude. And yeah. um, I was listening to um, Scott's podcast that you guys did uh, from Grip Royal. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I appreciate yeah you guys he's another one. He's another one, yeah. No, it, I relate to Scott so much because, like, we just get it, you yeah. know? Um I have my, I'm a very creative person and all of this stuff that I do is feeding my creativity. So if I have to pass this idea around to other people to get my creativity out, that's kind of, I kind of want to stay away from that because I don't find many people that think the same way that I do. You know, the, the, the way that I think about things I've come to find out is a lot different than other people think about things, you know, um, and that that has been learned. I've learned that 
having so many interactions with people and like you said thinking that i have friends everywhere friends but then yeah. you, mm-hmm. at the end of the day then you realize yo you're you're back by yourself again yeah, you know? so yeah. i've ever since i've I can remember, man, I, I've always just been a loner. You know, I remember even at high school, uh, I would do my homework at lunch because I didn't have friends to hang out with. You know, I had my own ideas, the own, my own things that I was into, my own morals. And it was just maybe it was me just not getting out of my shell at that time, not making friends or anything. But I'm very comfortable being by myself. So when I when I see this this thing that I could grow into something because how I see things is if you can make money from something, just keep feeding to it and then you make more money and then keep feeding. So I already knew that from, you know, the CDs before that mm-hmm. beanie babies, hot wheel toys, <laughs> whatever. Dude, I, I used to slang everything. dude. So when I seen this, I was like, okay, the more I put into this, the more I'm going to sell. So then it kept going and going. And my first booth ever was Ibach 2010, which was, I think March or May of 2010. Mm-hmm. So, and all that was, was, okay, this is a premier Honda event. Everybody on these forums is so excited to go there. Why don't I just hit them up and say how much for a space so I can go sell some stuff, just like a swap. That's how I thought right. of it. Right. You know, went over there, did great. And um, then it just like sparked so much in me. When you go from, you know, maybe 50 bucks a week that I'm selling. And then I go to this show and I make like 800 bucks. I'm like, Whoa, yeah, dude, this is my whole check. And I just made this in one day. So, so the whole thing about like not having a team or anything, trust me, bro, I would love to have a team, but I'm a, I'm a different type of person. I'm a very hard personality to work with, not to be friends with, but to work with. And we have to be on the same kind of thought pattern, morals, and um, we would have to handle situations in in a, in a certain way, you know. Yeah. So, what I've come to find out about myself is it's really hard to have those kind of people that that think the same way that I do, that we can grow together. So, you know, I'm I'm doing all of this by myself, quote unquote, by myself. It's just because. I haven't found many people to align with. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And that's challenging because not only are you trying to find somebody who's like on the same frequency, but you all want to find somebody who is on the same frequency, but that can bring something special or something different to what you offer. Cause if you're just, you know, two of the same people, I mean, it becomes redundant at that point. So it's good to have that like challenge, but something that's all that also clicks in it and it, and it, and it flows well. Yeah, definitely. It's weird, man. I wonder what it is with like me, for example, because, you know, my wife always makes fun of me. She's like, you're friends with everybody. <laughs> like, like, can you do business with somebody without immediately being like friends with them and just screwing up the whole business? Yeah. But I don't know, dude. I think maybe maybe with us, because it's a magazine, like a lot of times people have read the magazine. They've made some sort of connection with like the words and the personality. Right. So like, I don't know. I think people feel some sort of bond to it because it is media, right? Because you're talking to people. And so I don't know with like Jesse and Hunter, they were just, it was one of those things. Like Jesse was like, I remember, you know, he was like reading the magazine and a fan and like new stuff and was like, dude, like I'm with it. So like he already knew that his personality and mine would just click. Like it was just, 
I don't know. It's just different. Yeah, and that's uh, what happened with my guy Alex. Yeah. uh, He would just come in and buy some parts. He had, like, a big Downstar sticker on his car. He was a local. And his, like, parents would come in around Christmas to buy him stuff. So I'm like, oh, this is a good dude. So when I needed to add a person, I just like, hey, man, do you need, like, a a part-time job or something? And he came on as part-time and just his work ethic was amazing and we ended up bringing him on full time and um he's actually leaving in october because he's going to be going to san diego for college which is awesome you know so it's it was it was great to find somebody like that but you're right man i i can't just put an ad on online and say hey we need somebody to pack bolts because i want somebody to to understand what we're doing to be passionate about it yeah and then deal with the problems of (laughs) Is this person going to screw me? Are they just using yeah. me as a, a, as a stepping stool? You know, and that's happened already. And it's just like sure. when all of these things happen, it really builds your guard up. Yeah. And with yeah. everything, everything in total. And that's why I say I like talking to you guys because I've known you for so long. You know, yeah. but if I have yeah. a combo with somebody else, I don't know what what their intentions are. And I've yeah. seen more bad intentions than good intentions in this last 10 plus years of, of being in this community. So it's just yeah. like, I don't want to be jaded, but definitely guards are up. And if I'm letting anybody into our circle, they have to be somebody that I know their character. It's, yeah. it's not yeah. about sales or can you pack this? Can you move? that? We'll work on that. Yeah. I want to know like in the core as a person yeah. that, that we align. And if we do, then let's build something, man. Yeah. yeah. I mean, us guys, like we're in it. Like it's what we live and breathe. So the people who are coming in, you know, for the weekend or for the first few months when it's hot right now, you know, those people get changed in and out all the time. So to try to to try to link up on a level that we're at to somebody who's not quite there yet. I definitely see that conflict of like trust of like, hey, man. I busted my ass to get here and I spent years and years. So, I mean, I'm supporting you in any way I can if you want to do that hard work too. But yeah, it's not a it's, this ain't a charity, you know. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, Frank, I got to tell you, man. Uh, hearing you you explain it like that and the way that you have your guard up and everything, I respect the hell out of it because I, I'm a business minded guy, and all I hear is you basically saying that you're an awesome businessman. And, and for as long oh, as I've known you, you've always been a hustler and a really really awesome businessman sound mind uh you know good morals and, and doing it all the Thank right you. way which is hilarious because me and Wooly are the, the polar opposite we're really good at making a magazine not, not good and business. shenanigans <laughs> and, and making deals we suck at business man well that's a job <laughs> mike is actually very good at it i bring him down, he brings me <laughs> way down though. persistent mike's very persistent i love that yeah, yeah. yeah. but that's what it. makes me and mike work is you know <clears throat> I'm the pain in the ass dreamer or the whatever so-called creative. And he's like yeah. the business guy, but that's what you need for a magazine to survive, you know, cause you gotta, you gotta have those kind of like budding of heads. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't want a magazine that's totally sold out garbage because we just say whatever, you know, just feed us stuff and pay us money and we'll put it in there. And, and, and at the same time you do have to make a magazine run. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I mean, and that goes back to what I said earlier. I mean, I feel, I feel like the two of you guys, you're all in the same frequency, but y'all offer something different to the table to where it, it makes that, you know, it makes that spark that much better. Yeah, definitely, man. You know, I, I definitely have a lot of respect for you guys um, for, you know, just 
keep coming out with the magazine and uh you know for just doing it this long man uh, there's very few people that i have like this respect for and that's why i say you scott you know so some of the people that i i see grinding because i know what that grind is yeah i know what it's like to wake up at 5 a.m to have to go to this show and you're just like why the fuck did we have to come at five? Nobody's here <laughs> for three hours. You must be talking about import alliance. <laughs> I was yeah. about to say it, man. Yeah, I'm sure we're gonna, gonna name drop. The cops won't let Dude. in, but I don't, yeah, I'm always like, Don, you can, why, why can't we just say nine? Can we just agree <laughs> on eleven? Can we just agree on eleven? Come on. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, dude. Till midnight, eleven to midnight, whatever, dude. Let's fucking rock. But um, it's just, I know, it's hard. I do the whole weekend like a zombie. You know what I mean? It's yeah. Just, you're, freaking out of it oh yeah and then you ruined on monday frank I, I just remembered something man the first time me and you ever did business together please 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 explain to our audience the first artwork the first ad you ever sent to me <laughs> i wish i had it right i don't have any well, i have it because i think i know what you're talking about so it's the uh, i actually have a picture in the hallway it's a picture uh it looks like a drug scene yes bagging bolts yeah. Was super sketchy. And I said, man, why did you send this to me? And he said, because I know that nobody else would run it, but you guys would. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that. It was it was perfect, bro. Is that? You guys are all like wearing masks and you got gloves on. It looks like you're bagging Coke, but it's just it bolts and stuff. It was funny like as hell. freaking lo mein or something. I'm being Chinese. <laughs> I remember that shit. So I, this is the first issue that I got as a subscriber. Do you and have I saw it? That. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to look through. It's the this one right here. Is that the one? James Dean. That's it, right? It's but uh, damn it, yeah. we were so freaking badass in those days, dude. <laughs> Talk about not giving a single solitary crap. Yeah, <laughs> not giving a crap. Yeah. Well, I what think the cover it's says that, um, James Effing Dean. <laughs> <On the front. laughs> I remember uh, Skunk 2 used to That's have... That's what I was going to say. Where, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. It has that dude, like, giving two middle fingers with his boobs out. It just says, yeah. hey, he's going to hate. They found. <laughs> dude, that, yeah. those... I, I, dude, that... But that's, like... That's what gets me so stoked about the import scene or whatever the hell you want to call it these days. Because I know the import scene is kind of dated sounding. But, like... And oh, that's it, dude. Like that's it right there. Where independent companies are working with like independent companies. There's yeah. no none of this politics of like, yo, I don't think we can I don't think we can say no bitch assness in an ad <laughs> or whatever. But like that's it. There it is. Yeah, dude. I mean I remember game. seeing yeah. this. I'm like, There's what are these guys? Firearms <laughs> in that ad. That's a real AR. <laughs> But see, that's the kind of crap that, dude, 18-year-old me would see that and be a fan for life. Not yeah. only a fan of Downstar, a fan of S3, a fan of the yeah. whole freaking culture. I would, you know, want to go to whatever event was coming up. I think that the import side of the automotive aftermarket has lost some of that. Like, for Definitely. real. Yeah. We um, had an know. advertiser. I won't name names, but their initials are SSR. <laughs> and they, uh, they got their absolute panties Great, over a, a joke that we had in the back of the magazine and it was just it's like drunk yeah. i'm it scared wasn't even that bad of a joke it wasn't i've told a lot worse it not to you be know. fair man i've had to apologize to a lot of people for the jokes that Wooly has put in the back of the magazine see and i don't know man 
when I get into the import, when I got into the import community, it was just like having fun. That's yeah. what I, I didn't take it seriously. You know, I needed an ad. I needed a dope ass picture. Um, I've thought of this concept prior, you know, uh, actually, uh, Brandon McRae from, from Skunk 2, uh, that used to work at Skunk 2. Yeah, Auto dude, freaking awesome. Uh, yeah, he and I were actually going to make that picture, but we were going to do it in a commercial. So the commercial was going to be like, you know, I pull up to a house, whatever, trap house, there's people outside or whatever, but it never came came together. So when I needed an ad, um, I just called my buddy up and I called some of my friends and I said, hey, let's take this picture. And it's just like I said, man, it just falls together. And I didn't mean for it to happen. I didn't think like this is going to be the most iconic picture that you're ever going to do. It was just like, hey, bro, can you come take this picture real quick? OK, cool. <laughs> hey, we got to go get Chinese food. Got to get a thousand dollars in ones. We got to get rubber bands. OK, do this. OK, cool. Take the picture. All right. And then that's it. But you know what that picture really did? It, it put us in a different light where people didn't expect us to be that professional mm -hmm. brand. You're not going to see us at SEMA with ties on. You know, that's just not the kind of brand we are, which really helped out to this day because to this, I just started a cult, like a yeah. literal cult. Yeah. And I'm calling it a cult. It's a cult and it's going to be, it's the, it's the third definition of a cult. So it's not the first, thing, it's the third. But yeah, it's, I couldn't do this stuff if I was a, another company. Well, dude, and me and Mike wrestle with that all the time, dude. Like, not so much anymore. I feel like it's kind of mellowed out. But, like, four or five years ago, it, obviously the big thing if you're trying to sell ads in a print magazine is, well, print doesn't work anymore. We're not seeing results because they can see the results mm. online. You can't see the results in print. You have to trust in the results, you know? And and that was always our frustration. And and you came up a lot in that as yeah. best as we could, you know? But like, it was like, yo, you're not seeing the results because you're not freaking saying anything. You're putting some conservative adult Evo in an ad with some, you know, ambiguous text below it that doesn't say anything. Nobody gives a shit, man. Like yeah. you are a company. What are you about? Like what people... Yeah, people, I mean, people need bolts, but they want to buy bolts from somebody that they believe in. You know what I mean? Like, just like I want to buy a car from a car company that has passion, not, yeah. you know, whatever. So, yeah, it's just it, it, that means a lot to people when you're in the enthusiast realm. You know, people want to align themselves with like minded companies and support those companies and whatnot. You can't do that when you're not saying anything. When you buy an ad in a magazine or anywhere, that is your chance to say who you are. That's your freaking microphone and your little podium and at least you and Skunk back in the day, you know, and, and there were a handful of other dudes that are like really saying it. And it created a, a an import culture that was a lot like the skate culture. You know, it was yeah. very like punk, rocky. It was very anti, you know, whatever, anti any sort of structure. Or what, uh, and and that's the problem with the with the aftermarket now is it's in this thing where it's like it tries to be edgy, but then it's corporate, you know, it's yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah, like they go yeah. just there to the edge, but then they won't cross it, you know, and it's just kind of like, come on, man, give us a reason. Like, where is the reason to get rid of all practicality and buy a car that doesn't make sense and throw money into it, you yeah. know, just so you can go screaming down the street like it's got to stand for something. You know, um, it's funny. It brings back a story. 
I was at Eibach one day. It was either like Joey's Mead or something, but it was at the Eibach facility. And I'm having a conversation with Dave Sue from Skunk 2. And he was telling me about that article. And he said, you know, you should probably do things that are less controversial because with stuff like this, you're never going to be able to do anything with like big corporate brands like Honda. And I'm like, oh, yeah, cool. Thanks for the advice, you know. But then I'm just like, do, do you think that I want to do things like with Honda, bro? Like, does that... <laughs> That doesn't represent my brand, dude. Like, this is what my brand is. This is what I represent. Like, yeah, either you yeah. like it or you don't. And, you know, there's a lot of people that like it or there's a lot of people that don't. But I don't want anybody that's in the middle. You know, I want diehard people who are down with what we're doing or people that just don't even want to pay attention to it. That's that's what I'm looking for, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah, you got me getting nostalgic now. Screw it, Mike. We're going to go back to pissing off advertisers and cussing on covers. <laughs> you know what? I had to do a lot of apologizing, a lot of ass-kissing, but at least it was interesting. We need to go back to it. It was it's, fun, man. It is fun, man. And, the you know, all that stuff, like the controversy and everything like that, like it's looking back at it now, there's a lot of things that I wish that I didn't do. But it, it was me. It was who I was. And yeah. it was... It was that dude in the fucking picture. Give, That's what it was. Give me an example Scooping of something you noodles. wish that you didn't do. What's like a big regret? What's like a, oh, I wish I hadn't freaking done that. Giving people a platform. Um, meaning I've mentioned brands that if I didn't go at them so hard, maybe other people wouldn't have even seen them on their radar and I wouldn't yeah. have given that bump. You know, and that's to, to this day, if somebody says anything bad on me online, I'll just, you know, hey, I'm sorry you feel like that, man. I hope yeah. you're having a better day later because I understand what it is now. I, I'm giving somebody a platform. If I say, you know yeah. what, if I go on right now and I say, you know what, guys, fuck S3. They never wanted to feature my car. Fuck them. You know how much followers you guys are going to get? Because yeah, right. no, not everybody's not on my side. First right. of all, people are going to think like, what the hell is what's wrong with this S3? And then they go check it out and they're like, oh, pretty cool stuff over here. Frank yeah. must be tripping. So now I could lose people on that side, have them or, on your side. Yeah, or, or you get the people that like S3 and Downstar, and then all of a sudden they're like, wait, <laughs> like I have to pick a side here. Yeah, dude. I'm, yeah, we've been down that path a lot, you know, where it's kind of yeah. like, oh, how do we react? And yeah, I mean, I've learned a lot of times you let it go, man. You let it go for 24 hours and then it, it's not as important as it was. And that's especially true on social media. There is something that lights yeah. a fuse and you are just like, no, nah, I'm going to freaking <laughs> kill this dude. You know, and you get the all like, yeah. but Definitely. yeah, like literally you know, 10 times out of 10, you let it go for 24 <laughs> hours and you don't give a shit anymore and it's fizzled. Yep. And then, uh, you know, even even certain situations like the, the problem that I had with uh, Martell, you know, I'm just like, man, I didn't have to I wouldn't have to be a dick on online. Like, yo, where's your car at? Where's your car like a competition yeah, friendly yeah. or not? It was like, yo, you're you're being a dick for no reason. So do you it, it, I, I mean, is that something that you want to talk about? You want to talk about the IA Martel thing? Everything. Because I, I really <laughs> that was honestly My something dude. that I saw the beginning and then I remember, like, the banter turned, like, oh, shit, that, ooh, <laughs> that's good. And right, then I basically, to... 
SS3 just went la 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 la. I don't want to watch. I don't want to watch. <laughs> yeah. So you have to give some some background, right? So at, at some point in the past, there was some beef with Import Alliance and Downstore, not indirectly, directly. Now, Frank, here's your platform to explain. Got you. And I've I've already talked to everybody involved, so it's not, we have no problems with anybody involved anymore. You know, and it's just right. like. It goes back to the thing where you think that that you have a certain relationship. You're expecting people to handle situations the way that you would handle them. Mm-hmm. Right, you right. Know? And um, that's a lot of mistakes that I made back then. And um, right, you know, we had a, a friendly competition build that we were doing, and then yeah, you're right, Willie. Somewhere it just turned like ugly. Yeah, and when when egos become involved and when you have people on each side like stirring the pot it's gonna get you know and and that just turned into um a situation that didn't need to happen but i don't i don't i don't want to say that i regret it because it really helped me fast forward into where i'm at today because maybe i wouldn't be in this mind state today if things like that didn't happen and it like fast forwarded it you know but it's just playing out things inside of the public um having public opinion and you know just like you said Willie, you're having people like you're in the middle because we're cool with each other now and the respectful thing is don't say nothing and that's how i am right now if if you guys were beefing with somebody i'm not gonna say nothing yeah i'm gonna stay up I'm going to stay away because at the end of the day, it's two grown men going at each other. <laughs> but that situation turned into another situation that turned into another one that ended up with Import Alliance didn't want us at their events anymore, which really bummed me out because take back to 2010, Ibach, first booth ever, right? A yeah, few yeah. months later, our second booth ever was at Import Alliance in, in the summer. So it was uh, 2010, 2010 summer. So I, in between that time, I actually uh, got in contact with Don um, from Bon. Bon hooked me up with yeah. Don. Yeah. And um, we ended up talking. Don invited me to the event. So from 2010 till whenever uh, we weren't invited there anymore, it was like we were there every single event. Wherever it was, we were there. And that was me just showing my loyalty because Don took care of me. You know, he he made me feel comfortable about going out there. And if I would have never went out there, I wouldn't have met so many people. Dude, I would have been just another California brand that stays in California. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was going to say that. Like, I really feel like the East Coast was a huge kind of like, my momentum force for you and down hell yeah man like you got a lot of support out of those earlier years at ia you know like the 2010 11 12 13 yeah, you know yeah, and it yeah. was really exploding yeah yeah um, and it was it, it meant a lot to me you know and then for these these situations to happen and i really looked at don as like an og and yeah. what i think an og needs to do is when two of your your friends, acquaintances, whatever, are having a quarrel, you have to jump in there and say, hey, man, let's talk about this. Get your side, get your side, put it together and fix it. It wouldn't have taken, it wouldn't have taken a lot to do that. But like, it was, it was from one, one thing that I did, it was, I stole that company's 
name and I use their website to redirect to downstream. Oh, I do. <laughs> no, you did it. Wait, hold on. Let me let me rephrase this. Are we serious? <laughs> you got the domain name before they did or something, didn't you? Well, it was not their company domain name. It was their product line. Okay. They okay. So I took the product line and redirected that to Downstar because but we're playing dirty. We're playing dirty. I don't want to play dirty, but we're going to play dirty. You're, dude, you're pushing into this. Oh, yeah, dude. But then <laughs> three hours later, I get the call and say that you're not invited to Import Alliance no more. And I'm like, wow, bro, without even like trying to mend anything or like – You've, you've actually seen me grow up. You've seen that there was zero products out at your events that, that were comparable to mine. And now you're, you're just like taking this person's side when they're doing something that's unscrupulous to me anyways. Mm -hmm. So this is me looking at the whole situation, me with my emotions, not looking at it from anybody's point of view. And just to get the boot, bro, I, it bummed me out. It yeah, bummed yeah. me out a lot, dude. I had, like Wooly said, man, I had... I probably did maybe like 10 to 15 events with them, met so many people. It was just, it was an experience every time I went. And for that to be handled like that, it really bothered me a lot. And that was kind of the first sign to show like, hey, maybe all these people aren't really your friends. Maybe they're your friends because now you have something to offer. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Well, right. and if you guys are listening and live like whatever, outside of the Southeast on the West Coast or whatever, like I a is really a great event for somebody from the West Coast like Frank to come to because it's just, it's huge. You know what I mean? Like the, the people that would go there, it had enough pull to where it was that event that you could check off the whole East Coast. You know what I mean? Like yeah. by going to that, or at least the Southeast, I would say. Um, that's our problem a lot getting out to the West Coast is that like Southern California is so sub, sub, sub cultured now for a magazine from S3, what do we go to? You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, oh, you've got the Eibach Honda meet, or you've got the Luft whatever, whatever Porsche meet, or you've got the, you know, nostalgic Toyota meet, or you can, and it's like, damn it, can you guys yeah. just get together for yeah. one weekend so we can afford the airfare to yeah. get out there, you know? But um, yeah, I'm sure, dude, I'm sure that that was a blow, not only like business-wise, but like all your bros on the East Coast. Like, I don't see you like I used to see you, yeah, just you know? Yeah, and it just, I, I really had a lot of friends that didn't hit me up much after that. Oh, really? You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, when, when you uh, when you feel like you're in the right, you're handling the situation in the right way, and then everything just falls apart, it makes you think like, wow, am I the one who's wrong? Am I in the wrong? So I'm trying to look at things from all different perspectives, and, you yeah. know, I... I was in the wrong because I expected people to have the same morals that I did. But yeah. come to find out in business, there's really no morals in business. And that's yeah. why they say business is business. And that made me realize that you know, these friendships are not friendships. This is they're, they're being friends with me. So I keep coming to their event. And yeah. when I was when I was causing controversy, which was going to sell so many tickets, so many more people would have went, <laughs> Yeah, you know, yeah. and, th and then that ended up that rage built inside of me. And I was, I redirected it towards Martel, which, you know, I, I, I don't blame him for everything to this day. Like we both had big egos at yeah. that time. And when you both have big egos, it's, 
something bad is going to end up happening and you're not going to be friends like you were before, you know? So yeah, it just yeah. caused a lot of bullshit. And, um, you know, yeah. I actually, yeah, I saw him at SEMA when his car was there and it was just like, you know what? Fuck all this shit, dude. Like this dude's been trying hard to get this car done. He's put mm -hmm. so much time into this. His car made it to SEMA inside of SEMA. I'm going to check this car out. I'm going to go show him some love and, Dude, it's been great ever since then. You know, I, I spoke to Don at the same event and told him the same thing I'm telling you guys and just wished him the best, you know, because I don't have problems with Don. I don't want him to anything to happen to him or import alliance. But it's just when you come to the point where your 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 morals don't line up, then we kind of can't do business anymore. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, yeah. It, just, it is what it yeah. is, you know? Yeah, yeah it sucks. It, it is sucks what for it us. Is. I mean, it sucks for us because I don't care about like the, you know, the details of it. It's like when a band breaks up that you like, you know, it's yeah. like when Blink 182 breaks up. I don't care <laughs> yeah. why. Yeah. I just don't <laughs> like that it happened and I want it to be back together. It was one of those things. Exactly, yeah. man. And it, it could, it didn't have to go that far, but yeah. there wasn't going to, there wasn't, I wasn't stopping myself and they weren't stopping themselves. And there, there, there wasn't anybody who was, looking at the the situation trying to mend things on both sides yeah there was never a mediator yeah which no, i mean no. it's nobody's it's nobody's position they don't have to do it it's just unfortunate how everything ended up happening yeah. you so. know some something i've learned along the line of s3 and it's really kind of helped me out is like people ain't perfect like it's just not nobody, yeah. including yourself, like nobody yeah. is going to handle every situation the way that you want them to. And that's what causes a lot of problems is like, you know, like, oh, I want them to act like this and they're not acting like like once yeah. you can let go of that and realize, you know what, like we're all freaking have our problems and we're not going to handle everything perfectly. And, and and once you stop expecting that kind of like perfect response out of people, dude, I just it helps me out so much, you know, yeah. so many times you get frustrated and you, and in relationships too, like not just yeah. work, but like your relationships at home, like you can be in the middle of a heated argument and all of a sudden it's like, you know what? This person's not perfect. Why do I expect them yeah. to act perfectly all the time? Why do I expect them to react exactly the way I expect them to in that moment? It ain't going to go like that sometimes. Sometimes you just got to realize and, and whatever, you know, like, yeah. It's definitely, it's definitely helped me um, realize that accountability is a huge thing for me. And it's yeah. a, it's a huge positive, you know, I'll take accountability for stuff that's not even my fault, because I want to be in control of my life 100%. So yeah. when something happens, and I, I, I never say, hey, that's not my fault, because obviously something that I did had me involved in that situation, where I could allow it to go bad, yeah. where it could be somebody else's fault or what have you you know if i put myself in a situation then i'm in there you know just say with business we send out a parts to a customer and they don't get them that's not my fault you know it's but it's not their fault <laughs> yeah, but right. who who's the one that's gonna lose out in the end is it is it gonna be me or is it gonna be this customer that maybe spent like the last 300 bucks that they had extra i like dude yeah. you know i'll take the loss i'll send you the stuff mm -hmm. I'm sorry it went like that. You know, yeah, I try right, to take right, accountability yeah. as much as I can, man, because when I leave it up to other people, it seems like I, I get disappointed so much, you know, and I, I just don't think yeah. that that's a great quality when somebody just says, oh, it wasn't me. It's not my fault. Right, it wasn't right, me. It, right. It's just spilling something on the floor. 
Oh, it wasn't yeah. me. It doesn't fucking matter. There's yeah. something on the floor that doesn't belong there. <laughs> yeah. so clean right. it up. And whether you like it or not, I mean, even if it is somebody else's, like, that's your brand. That's your name. And, and it, it'll take you 10 years to build it up, but it's one little slip up, even if it's from somebody else, to knock it all down. Yeah, definitely, yep. man. And the, I look at it, too, is that if there's another company that's making products like ours, on the other end of it, there's a son, there's a father, there's a husband, and their family is proud of them, just like my family's proud of me. So yep. regardless of anything they're selling or whatever, like, I can't hate on this person because a lot of people are looking up to them. They look at them like, wow, this is probably the first person that had a business in our family or he's yeah. he's making the family business keep going and they're proud of him, man. And, you know, the, the things that I would have to say about about the way that they run business or anything like that, that what does that even matter? It doesn't matter at all. Yeah. And it, it's, it's not going to get me more customers talking shit about somebody else's is uh, products and it's not going to mean that since they're here that I'm not going to make money. So yeah. once I realize that, it's like, bro, keep well, doing what you're doing. It's, I, I wish you the best. That's an yeah. enlightening yeah. level of empathy that yeah. some oh. people like don't even get by the time they leave this earth. Yeah, well, that's Never the thing exactly. And we're dealing it right, right now in our whole freaking country. Like you're not going to change people's opinion. Yeah. By fighting like that's yeah. just not you know what i mean like you have to be the example you have to kind of be that light and sometimes you have to take it on the damn chin and it's, yeah, just, definitely. it's just the and way it is you know even but like with that uh even with that that company i went to an event that we were both gonna be at i went up to the booth stuck my hand out he's like hey man you know what i wish you guys the best and my hand was chilling right there until i was finished saying what i was saying and then he shook my hand you know, but I'm like, you know what? Whatever, bro. I wish you guys the best. Do what you're gonna do. I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do, and yeah. we're we're gonna keep on keeping on. That doesn't mean that we yeah. have to do business together, but it doesn't mean we have to fight each other. Well, right. You know, really. Saying that probably just takes so much off of your your shoulders or your mind. You know what I mean? Like you did what you wanted to do, and that's fine. He could have just looked at you dead in the eye and given you the finger, and it wouldn't have mattered. You know what I yeah. mean? Because you said what you wanted. Fine, fine. All right. You know, like that's cool, but. Yeah, yeah, man, I don't know. You know, whatever. You 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 live and you learn. Um, I'm trying to think. It's growing, man. It's just, I'm growing in front of everybody. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's basically how I feel. You know, there's been so many people just like, uh, just like you guys that have seen me from the start to where I am right now. And I'm, I'm every year I'm growing and growing and evolving. If you're holding me to the standards that <laughs> I was two years ago, I don't even fuck with that guy who I was two years ago. <laughs> yeah, so I that's agree cool, with you, man. <laughs> that's so, uh, cool as shit to like see like that level of humility too, because a lot of people out here are like, you know, I'm I don't need to grow anymore. I'm the best of the best or whatever. And there's a certain level of like I don't know, arrogance with that. And I think a little bit of humility goes a long way. There's definitely a lot of um insecurities in that there's a lot of insecurities and in ego and pride and bravado yeah. and if, you, if you've been there before if you've done that it's very easy to recognize you know yeah, so yeah. I, I feel for a lot of these people that um that do that still to this yeah. day you know older guys trying to like prove themselves i'm like bro you don't have to do that man we're not yeah, yeah. 
not in that age anymore. So I'll put out my insecurities before anybody can even say them. Like you listen to the podcast, do I talk about, you know, anything and everything that I think is wrong with me? Cause like, it's like eight mile, dude, what are you going to say about me now? dude? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So, so like, uh, let's talk about the podcast. How the hell did like, how did you decide that this is something you want to do? And you've been committed as hell to it. Yeah, dude. It's uh, I think we just did, 180 on Thursday. Damn. 180, 180 podcast. That's we started as September 2018. Okay. All so, right. And so now it's, years. It's, and like it's a, been a steady grind, too, dude. You, for you to have such a small team, if you even want to call it a team, more like family. I mean, because, I, I, dude, I keep up with you. I keep up with, you know, I try to keep up with all the homies of the industry or whatever and i see you you know instagram posts about the podcast every yeah. day if not multiple yeah. times a day you know um yeah. guess that you're having three four hour long podcasts yeah. where you're really yeah, just digging down into the character of a person you know and and so so what's that like because i mean you're seeing i'm sure you're seeing probably the same views as us like we're averaging you know 300 views at most i think that's what your average is too yeah, something um, like that. so one of the things that we get discouraged on we're like why do we care why are we doing this we're putting all this effort into this podcast and nobody's listening how do you fight that i can't tell you i'm fine i need an episode for monday and i don't have one and it's just because <laughs> i don't have the, 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 the mo motivation real quick dude it just it just comes and goes you know um, yeah yeah. With yep. the idea of the podcast is uh, I've always been a fan of, of podcasts, you know, and um, Me too, yeah. ever since uh, Do It For A Living, you guys remember that podcast with Reed Lundy from uh, KS Tune, Kaizen Speed? I, I don't listen to podcasts. I saw that one. Got you. Well, um, <laughs> not even his own. We should. I, re I really don't even listen. Once this is done, I will not listen to it. I, <laughs> really? I, I have a very hard time watching especially listening to myself because i sound like a it, to bring up blink again i sound like a hideous version of tom delonge whatever his <laughs> last name is from blink 22 like i i feel like right now i'm like dude i look cool as shit i got dreads i got this new hat on i just got i got a voice like the rock and then i hear myself i'm like eh, guys it's really important to be humble and it's just like <laughs> it's like dude i can't watch this crap so that podcast do it for a living uh reed lundy he has a the brand it's called ks tune so they they specialize in like uh h series parts and um now they're in like corvettes and things like that but anyways he had a podcast and i would follow him just being friends of the industry and then i seen him post up like Dave from Skunk 2, I think it was. So I said, okay, cool. Let me check this out. Such a great interview. And then it was like Brian Gillespie from Hasbro. And then it was uh, John Velos from uh, K-Tune. I'm like, wow, these are these are like companies that I love. Yeah. I know these dudes, but I don't know these stories about them. So I heard their actual stories and I just got infatuated with it. And I just always thought like, man, I want to have my own podcast. I want to have my own podcast. So um one day, uh, Christian Loza from uh, Can I Beat, he has a podcast called um, How It's Done. And he came to the shop and wanted to do an episode. And that dude had everything in his backpack. I was like, well, that's all you need? So he set it up. I seen how it went. I seen everything. I seen the pie get built yeah. or baked. I seen yeah. the pie get baked. And then I seen him put it out. I listened to him like, wow, dude. And it's on iTunes, the 
picture popped up. I'm like, dude, what? How do you do it? And him being a great guy, he's like, yo, anything you need, let me know. He sent me the entire list of all the equipment he had. I talked to my wife and she's like, just buy it. Like, who cares? Because it was expensive. It was like 1500 bucks for everything that I needed. Mm-hmm. So I bought it. I did maybe like 10 episodes with friends before we even released it. And then um, just just went to it and just started doing podcasting. And and it's just, uh, it just takes practice, man. It's yeah. being able to talk to people and have long-form yeah. conversations and to be on the fly takes a while I feel like after a while you're just talking with homies and i feel like in this industry i mean talking with other people who have a different mindset uh, i mean whether you do it on podcast or hang not on a, it's hang just on a, a second growth. jesse hold that thought mike what the hell are you laughing at <laughs> my, my oldest son just came down here and he's he's being goofy sorry <laughs> <laughs> okay i figured it was something like that anyway go ahead no um i mean when you're talking to people who have different mindsets um, that's a form of growth, whether you have it on a podcast or not. So once you get into the to the realm of, I mean, we do it every day, but just getting comfortable with doing it on a podcast, I feel like it becomes second nature. So if you just look at it as like a, this is just a form of growth, just talking to another person who's got a different mindset. Uh, I mean, I, I think that's the way to kind of look at it. Well, yeah. the, the way that I think about it is, um, there's a quote that I love. It's uh, a smart person learns from their mistakes. But a wise person learns from the mistakes of others. So everybody that I talk to, I'm asking them these certain questions because I'm trying to understand how they think, why they think, what they think, and just get as deep into them as possible. And I leave that podcast with more knowledge. Yeah. And yeah. Now, yeah, now I have I 180 podcasts of more knowledge that I would have never had. Plus, I'm making connections with people that I would never really have business even talking to. You know, not only yeah. car guys aren't really interested in dress up hardware, but like non car guys, you know, yeah, just yeah. random people. And, and it's amazing, man. And to, now it's getting to the place where I can give somebody a platform to talk about their company, talk about their product, a brand, or what, whatever they have to offer. And I can be that person that nobody really ever was for me, you know, because like, Besides like S3, I really didn't have much placement in any other magazines. And if I did, it was just like, you know, a small picture here or there. I really didn't have many people that that like wanted to know more about the company, wanted to know more about the business, was intriguing uh, or was intrigued by what we're doing. And maybe they were, maybe they weren't. But it was like I never really had many platforms to even help me help me get ahead so which nobody owes me that and maybe that's the way that our industry was is that we just don't have that many people to uplift other people so i wanted to do that and i i'd like to say that that we've helped people um talk about their stories or what have you and maybe some other people have have gravitated towards them now you know yeah yeah yeah. frank frank you bring up a, a really good point and one thing that i really love about podcasts is it it gives you a glimpse into how many more amazing people there are out there, you know, for different reasons. Because, you know, if, if you just watch social media and you watch the news and TV and stuff, it, it makes it seem like there's a very select few, you know, really, really talented people. And that's just not true. Okay. Like Everybody's kind of amazing in their own way. And, and a lot of people have done some really, really awesome stuff that you would never know about unless you tune in. 
Like for for example, I mean, I, I don't listen to many p- podcasts, but you know, Joe Rogan is, is mm-hmm. one of them, uh, one of the big popular ones. But he's got so many people on there. I don't I don't even know nine out of the ten people he has on there in a given you know month or whatever. Um, but they all have amazing stories and awesome accomplishments and, and stuff like that, and that is really cool to see. I love the fact that podcasts bring that out. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely that in depth. I mean, it's not like an Instagram post where somebody's choosing their best moment and it's like the mm-hmm. face or the cover. You know, it's a really in depth, like here's an hour long and we're going to get into it. Just think about like uh, Ron Bergenholtz. You guys familiar with Ron Bergenholtz? Mm-hmm. Well, he's one of the, the pioneers of the racing community in Hondas, you know, mm-hmm. Miles Bautista, um, Steph Papadakis. All of these guys that I'm mentioning, yeah, you could maybe find 10, 15 minutes here or there about what they've done. But can you sum up what you've done in the last 10 years in 10, 15 minutes? They're like, no, dude, all of these guys deserve like a deep intellectual yeah. conversation yeah. to be asked about those questions. I'll ask yeah. these people questions like, wow, I haven't thought about that since that happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Talk to them about 20 minutes. Their their wall starts coming down, and then you're like, "All right, let's really." Yeah. Get well, it's true because they probably do. They give the same little 15 minute speech, you know, in every magazine or every little yeah. whatever media thing that it is. And then yeah, you get into a podcast, and all of a sudden it's like you said, those walls come down. And then yeah. you find out Scott was part of a band. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know, and then even. Um, like uh, Mark Arsenal from Illis. We had Mark on the podcast and Illis is fucking huge. And it's, it's crossed over so many platforms besides automotive. And that's what I want Downstar to do is to cross over. So I'm basically able to just sit down with this person for two to three hours and pick their brain about whatever I want to. Yeah. And yeah. I, I love it. How did he yeah. do that? He came from Nike or something, didn't he? He came from Nike. Yeah. So, but there's, there's like a little more to that. Nike, Nike wasn't really the thing that that like catapulted the brand. It was yeah. kind of the thing that he came up with while he was working at Nike. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, he's just he's just a hustler, man. He's just a yeah. hustler, and it's yeah, just- yeah. He was one of those early companies though that I started kind of watching and getting like like whoa, like what is going on here? This is like a turning point because. You used to have a brand made things, and that was kind of it. And then it started changing, where it's like, okay, the brand is like him, and what they make is like what he's into. Like, it kind of went from like, it was cars, and then he was making like bicycle stuff, because yeah. he got into that, and it's like, how the hell, well, you are like like that in a way, because like I'm like, Frank makes bolts. But like he's also got a full-on apparel brand. <laughs> like, but like he makes bolts. How does bolts become sexy enough to be an apparel brand? I'm like, what is going on? It's like all of a sudden these brands are just following people through their lives. It's just like everybody has their own little screen name or whatever. Downstar, you know, you got your little avatar name, and then your brand becomes your journey. You know, yeah, it's, yeah. it's kind of cool. well, like you're doing skateboard stuff right i mean that's fairly news to me i know you were messing with it but like i'm not in the skateboard world like how long have you been doing that stuff um probably about maybe like six months or so my son he got into skateboarding about a year and a half ago that's what i'm saying like your brand is following your life journey you know yeah just add to anything that i want to add to the the way that i look at business is probably a lot different than other people you know it's you sell something and you give something 
That's it. You get money, you give something, whether it's uh, bolts or skateboards or whatever it is, you know, and what I want Downstar to be is just a lifestyle brand that includes whatever I'm into. This is my this is my cult. You know, this is my community. So if you want to be into this community wholeheartedly or you want to just see what it's about, like this is what we're about. That picture that's what we're about. The music, that's what I'm about. Like I'm I'm into everything and and I've come to the point in life where I'm not worried about money, I'm not worried about 5 years, 10 years. I don't care about none of that shit. What I want to do is just enjoy my life that I'm living and we'll figure out the rest later because I spent so much of my 20s oh, yeah. just hustling and hustling and trying to get ahead and hustling. But then you get to a point where you're just like Okay, all my bills are paid. I bought every stupid thing that I wanted to, but I'm still not happy. Yeah. What's what's gonna make me happy? Because society told me that money was gonna make me happy. Society told me that a bunch of people, um, uh, having the attention of a bunch of people is gonna make me happy. Having a bunch of friends is gonna make me happy. But then you realize that all of those things aren't genuine. Yeah. Because people are around for the wrong reasons. So it's yeah. just, it, it's really made me dial things back a lot more, um, get a lot more in touch with, with family rather than friends and acquaintances and just enjoy life as it comes. And how, how old were you when you started really figuring all that shit out? I would probably say late 20s, early yeah. 30s. It's like same same with me, man. Right around twenty nine, everything that I thought I knew, like got flipped on its head. You know, like that's when I kind of went off the grid. <laughs> that's, when, that's when I just got like totally like whoa, whoa, whoa. Screw this, screw that. I don't care if we have the biggest magazine. I don't fucking care what Super Street's doing. You know, and it just became very much. It's like you said, everything started to make sense. It's like, what do I really want here? You know, like do I want to get so tight do i want to become so successful that i don't enjoy cars or i'm not even at home anymore like you know like it's it's that kind of thing i don't know i just kind of became like a well we're gonna do what we want to do and we're gonna have a good time doing it and we're gonna stay true to like kind of our core thing and 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 another thing this sounds so stupid but like one of the things that really started to bother me was that I had dedicated my whole life to car culture and cars are materialistic and the the car scene is materialistic and it's very much based on your cool points is how much money you spent checking off boxes on your car and it's like it became really disenchanting and it was like dude look at the surf culture like they're not like that the surf culture is like literally spiritual you know, like they're yeah. out there, they're, you know, and it, and it, and I was like, there's no reason that car culture can't be that, but we are on the wrong freaking track, you know, like this whole, like, you have to build it like this to be cool enough to get on my website or my, you know, magazine or whatever it is. Like, that is not what it's freaking about, you know, like, I don't Definitely. give a damn how nice your car is, you know what I mean? I just don't, I just, like hopefully it's the same and that's kind of what still hood was about was it was about that mentality of like we're not gonna do what everybody else in traffic is doing that ain't us you know like we're gonna do it our way you know come hell or high water and um 
I don't know, man. It it was that same late 20s thing, you know, and then now I'm 40. <laughs> and so yeah. far, I've spent an entire decade kind of on that same, you know, like whatever path. So hopefully this is the one that sticks. Yeah, man, I, I, I feel you on that, bro. And I have my own idea of what cool is. Yeah. There's there's an attitude, there's a personality, it's how you treat people. That's that's what I deem is cool. Not what what I see is like, you know, money and this and bitches and all that is like right. I, I don't think that that's cool. I I think what I think is cool. So when you, you mentioned about um you gotta have this car to get into this show, this magazine or this, like I know everybody in the industry and I know the people behind them and I know that those people are not cool. Those right? people are not fun. It's They're empty. Cool. Like you talk to yeah, them, yeah. there's an emptiness of like, well, yeah, yeah. And then I got this. And I'm like, BFD, man. I don't, you know, like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like I don't, the, the, the people that others look up to, that want to be like, that look up, that like want to emulate their life. I'm like, okay, that's, that's not cool to me. So basically everything I want to do, everything I'm doing at Downstar is because I think it's cool. If nobody else thinks it's cool, it is what it is because I've been by myself already. So whatever. Do you think there's a chance in hell we can ever change that in car culture? Like I said, it's so opposing because cars are at the end of the day, they're freaking materialistic. And, and, you know, it's really hard to draw that line of like, am I doing this to impress people? Is that really what, I mean, I do that all the time with all my cars. I'm like, man, I got to make sure that I stay true, that I'm doing what is in like my heart, you know, like that's kind of right, the thing right. with the, people are like, why are you messing with that Fiesta? I'm like, because it is me in a car. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like this little underdog thing. It's so much fun. And, and I know it ain't the best car. It's not as good as a Type R nearly, but I can argue that it's kind of more fun because it's just silly and you know what I mean? And so I, I try and make sure I hang on to these cars that represent kind of like where my head's at more than like, oh, well, you know, I need to get this car now because whatever I, you know, it's, it, yeah. it's a hard um, thing to explain, but do you think we can get to a point to where we can change people's perspective on, I don't want people to get into car culture because they think that it's, you know, going to get them freaking attention or or instagram yeah. likes or whatever like and i preach yeah. that all the time in the magazine the problem is not enough freaking people read it <laughs> you know what i mean like that's the bottom yeah. line is, is yeah. i wish we could somehow make it free you know what i mean yeah. like and that's the problem with s3 and we're in the media landscape where we're competing with free i mean everybody else is yeah. free the internet is free you know hoonigan donut all the jalopnik, all this crap is, well, it's not crap. I'd say that that's, that's not a cool thing to say, but like it's free. And you know, when we're printing a magazine, we're fighting, we're competing with free. And, and, yeah. but I do feel like a lot of times that message needs to be heard more and more. And so like, how the hell can we, how, how can we change the 20 year old, the hunter, the 22 year old or whatever guy and give him a jump, right? Like I was 29, you were 29. How do we get him to, to start seeing it? And I'm not saying he doesn't because yeah. Hunter's beyond his ears, but like the average 24 year old that, you know, I mean, pardon my call out, but listens to like a sticky Diljo, 
you know, that says, oh, you have to do it like this, and then you'll be cool enough to be like one of the Honda Elite. Well, fuck that, man. Get a Honda because it makes your blood pump when you get in VTEC. You know what I mean? And like, get a Honda yeah. because you're part of this brotherhood, you know, and, and all. Like, how do we start to change that mindset more like a more like a surfer thing where it's kind of just like, yo, yeah, you get it. You get it, you know? Um, I think... Well, the thing with Joey is somebody like that, they've created their own community and it's attractive to a lot of people, you know, yeah. and that's the thing is people just need to create their communities and have people around them that are that want to be around. But, you know, maybe people what it really is, to be honest, straight up and down is is insecurities. hundred yeah. percent. Why? Why do you want to have a nice car? Why do you want to have the newest clothes? So girls will like you. Girls will like you or guys will like you. Whatever kind of attention you're trying to get. That's that's why I used to do. I'm telling you guys why I used to do things. I would buy a Gucci belt, sag my pants, so people know that I spent 300 bucks on a fucking belt when I'm at the club. So maybe I could get a number or something. That's what it is, you know? And and these guys, they want attention. They want followers. They want people to recognize them for their car, but they're not putting any any effort into their build to make it stand out, you know? So it's just, all of this is just cries for insecurities. Everything is. And, and if you've been down that road, it's so easy to see. And Hunter, like, for people like your age, man, it's, it's a very uncomfortable time, but... You should really highlight those uncomfortable times because more people are having uncomfortable times than having everything figured out. Right, so and right. and that's that's kind of what I've seen that would help us out as well. You know, on the on the podcast, I'll talk about anything that is going on with me, and I'll have people be like, "Man, I didn't even think that you went through that." I'm like, "Dude, I'm a fucking I'm a dude just like you. I'm a human, yeah." And you know, you you put the hell, the human element back in things, man. And a lot of these people, they just want the trophies so they could post it up, so they could be the the man. But you're yeah. not the man. You do you don't deserve to be the man. Deserve to be the man. Put people on. Help people out. Yeah. Give people advice. Like, be the man. Be the fucking OG. You know, that's that's what I want to be. I want to be the OG. Yeah. I want to be the one to talk to people and be like, yo, if you have any problems, you know, hit me up. And let me see if I can help you get over this block. You know, yeah. be what what nobody ever was for you. You know, there everybody. I wish I had this. I wish I had that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, now there's other people wishing that you can be that for them. Yeah. 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 If you want to be the man, be inclusive, man. Like you know what I mean. This yeah. is a this is a giant family. Uh, don't be exclusive. Don't be like I always say in the magazine. Like. Fuck being an influencer, like inspire. And that doesn't mean inspire because you spent, you know, $700 on some freaking, I don't know, rain shields for you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like inspire, like from your heart, you know, inspire, yeah. like, like the way that you live your life, inspire by, you know, teaching the kids that are younger kind of what's really important. You know what I mean? Like, like you, you, you know, we've been through it. We've been through the twenties. Like we've kind of, we we both fought that battle of like society being like, yo, you really just gonna do this your whole life? Like, when are you gonna get a real job? When are you gonna sell that dumbass car? Cars. You listen to those people, and you know, if you just focus on your own thing, you look back and I'm like, damn, those people are still doing the same shit, and they told yeah. me to do something else. It's like, <laughs> dude, come on, bro. I don't. 
I, I don't, I'm not a cocky person, but I've become way more confident because I know what it takes to do the work and I do yeah. the work and I make it happen and you know, it, it pays off whether, you know, cars or whatever it is, but I'm not trying to show off to people. I'm trying to show them like, look, you see me posting up every day. You see me doing fucking two podcasts. You know, I have a brand. You don't know how big the brand is, but you could perceive in your head how big a it is like do you have all of these things going on no well you have more time you have more things that you can do start filling up your plate start working yeah. on things that you want to do you know because i'm not anybody special dude i didn't even go to college i didn't graduate you know i didn't have uh rich parents or anything like that then i just hustled dude and if yeah. people just shut up fucking hustled you can have anything that you want in this world anything yeah anything oh, yeah. i mean I, I tell this all the time to like friends who get out of college and they don't know where to get a job from or they're not sure what to go to. they're just going through the paces they went to college because everybody in their family went or they were just like this is what i'm <laughs> supposed to do at a certain time but like listen i don't care what it is you pick something you love and you go at it yeah, somebody yeah. in this world pays people to do what you love if you keep at it i mean there's a line of people who love to do the same thing and the person who's going to get that job is the one who's still here so if you stick at it for however long it takes you're going to win but these other people who quit or who heard their friends say you know when are you going to get a real job these other people who dropped out you know you're going to be at the end of the line as long as you keep going at it i say 100%. that all the time to my friends yeah man i just wish that people would have the confidence in themselves to actually understand that and it's hard from you know me saying it if you don't know who i am but there's a lot of people locally from from my city, from Oxnard, that know who I am. And we've come from the same place. And hopefully I'm motivating them to at least show them more than their, whoever they're looking up to has showed yeah. them. You know, hey, that guy did it. He's from Oxnard. Maybe I can do it, too. Yeah. It's just uh, you, you have generations and generations of people who never really did shit with their life. So you don't have anything to compare your life to. If you're... Yeah. If you're slightly better than your parents were, then you're like, all right, cool, I did good. But who's to say that that was even the fucking bar, dude? Yeah. Right, right. Th there is no bar, man. You could do yeah. anything you want. Like you the set way your own I, standards. Hell yeah, bro. The way that I feel about things is, dude, I can lose everything today, lose everything from downstart today. I'm like, okay, cool. Let me figure it out. I'll start something else up. It's What's not the a next big, one. Yeah. It's what, because all money is is a tool, and that's it. I don't. I used to have such a bad relationship with money, but I don't give a fuck about it now, dude. It's just like this. Okay, this is what I have to do to have freedom. Now I have this much freedoms, and when it starts getting low, then I need more freedoms, and that's it. But like working at a career and wearing a suit and having a fancy watch and shiny shoes and like that, yeah, that shit's cool if that's who you are. But if you're just doing yeah. it to portray something like like yeah. i was telling Wooly today we went to go look at a house and i'm in a tie-dye shirt and cargo shorts and i'm just and like if they judge me for how i look then i don't want this fucking house anyways dude True, i don't have nothing yeah. to prove to you what it, this is a transaction you're selling something <laughs> i'm buying it this is all it fucking is and that's it so like the last job that I had before this, um, I went into the interview and I mean, I've lived in Florida for most of my life. So I go to the interview in shorts. I got my belt, but then I have my Hawaiian T-shirt and everybody's telling nice, me like the nice Hawaiian T-shirt. <laughs> it buttons up all the way to the top. 
No, but like my, I mean, family, friends are all like, damn, Jesse, you messed up. You shouldn't have, you shouldn't have done that. And I'm thinking to myself, like, listen, I know what I do. I know my profession. I know how well I do my job. If this, you know, breaks it for them, this is not the place I want to be. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. hundred percent, man. And I mean, that's just how I think about things now. I just look at who I was back in the day. Um, somebody just trying to figure things out, uh, insecure about a lot of things, you know, wanting to per, wanting to project uh, an image that I wanted people to think of me as, and it just yeah. it, it didn't feel good because that wasn't who I am. So it's like right. this is me, who I am, and at the end of the day, all I ask from you is just just to give me time because I'm I'm trying to figure this shit out just like you are. Yeah. yeah. And, oh yeah. Yeah, dude. And it's, I, I love it, man. I, I definitely love life a lot more than I did in the past. I really yeah. just thought of life in the past as just like something that you do. You know, it's okay, you're going to live and then that's it. But now that I look at life as like every day is a new opportunity to yeah. do something, new yeah. goals. Yeah. And, you know, I, ha- I have people that follow us and they're just like in their teens and they're just like, yeah, I don't know what to do. I'm like, bro, I would fucking trade everything to be in your shoes, dog. <laughs> <laughs> no, is you don't understand that what you have, dude. Like the only thing that we really have in this time in this life is time. Time, yeah. Strip away everything, butt naked in in the desert. The only thing that you have is time. Yeah. So with these people that have so much free time, you have so much time to figure out other things, you know. And right now, like I still feel like I have free time. And if there's other things that I want to figure out, but it's just. I have to be motivated to want to do that kind of thing. And and money isn't the thing that's motivating me anymore. Right, right. Dude, I feel that. Money has never motivated me. To a Gosh. fault, you can ask Mike. <laughs> All my life. <laughs> like, they're both like, are you just allergic to money? I'm just like, ah. He is, man. I am, like, I guess. Bully, we got a great deal, man. All you got to do is he's like, no, 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 not feeling it. <laughs> not interested. <laughs> but I think of it kind of like you were saying. I don't... I don't want all the money. Like, I just, my brain just doesn't work like that. I mean, would it be nice? Hell yeah. You know, but like, it's just not, I think of money as like, okay, I need this to enjoy, you know, my life. But then there's a certain point where you're like, wait, 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 too much. And it's owning me, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. and I'm not owning yeah. it, you know, and it, and yeah, it's, it's a real mother bitch sometimes. Yeah. You know? People um, just live in that. They well, just live get, that. And Atlanta's real bad about that. Atlanta's a, a city of consumption, you know what I mean? And it's all just consuming and you you get a job that pays pretty well and <clears throat> you get you get a nice car to sit in traffic and go to your job in every day, you know? And then yeah, you yeah, get a, right? a nice house that you get to come home to after you've been sitting in traffic for an hour and a half or whatever. And and then you wake up and you're 40 or 45 and you go, fuck. Like, like, what am I doing? And at that point, you're too married to it. You know, like you're, you you have to have down, yeah, because it's coming out, and you really got to watch that crap from you know your mid twenties or whatever, and decide like, all right, who am I? Who am I really gonna be? What do I really want to be? It's kind of like you're saying, like, am I really impressing anybody with this dumbass three hundred dollar belt, or does yeah. it pretty much just say "sucker" <laughs> across the belt? You know, like, who do I really want to be in life? And then that's what you got to keep your eye on, man. Like, because it is, dude. You get sucked into, you know, adulthood and keeping up with the Joneses, and 
whatnot, and and it gets harder and harder to to go back. However, yeah. when you're in your twenties, you can screw up and screw up again and screw up again and just recover, and it'll build like the character that you have. You were talking about if Downstar ends tomorrow, you'll find the next thing, and it's kind of like you get you get like immune to failure. Like yeah. you don't mindset will not let you fail downstar can fail but what are you gonna do crawl in a hole and no that's just your your brain doesn't work like that now you'll just be like all right you know what are, what are we gonna do what's the next thing and you'll yeah, find yeah. something that lights you up and you'll get excited about it and it'll be the next thing like i i'd read that in a book somewhere and they said it way better than that but they're just like people's people get so paralyzed by fear of failure but like your mindset's not going to let you fail if you've come that far. You know what I mean? You might fall down, but yeah. then you just get up and you find another way, and it's usually a blessing um, yeah. in some way. So Definitely, man. I, I, feel, I feel like that a lot, dude. And I really wish that people had more confidence in themselves. And, yeah. um, you know, I, I feel like people take the opinions of others in their lives, whether it's their significant other, their family members, you know, their their grandfather or something like that. And they take that as gospel. And at the end of the day, they're all just people as well. You know, my Preach. my my parents did the best that they could with whatever they had. And they had me and my sisters. Now, my job is to make it worth it for them. You know, right. make them make them proud. And now yeah. I'm showing my son, you know, you have this life, you're living this life, you love how everything is, your kids better live a way better fucking life than you lived, or yeah. else you're failing, you know, yeah. and then he he instills that on his children and it keeps going. So I'm trying to tra- change the trajectory of my bloodline. That's yeah. what I'm doing. You know, and I'm I'm trying to put these thoughts into people where they're not struggling when they're, you know, 16. Like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? I got to go to college. I don't even know what I'm going to do. Like, no, fuck all that, dude. Like, what do you like to do? What would you do for free? Okay, focus on that. Yeah. Focus all your attention on that. And then you'll be the best in that that you can. The money will come. And yeah. nobody's ever told me that shit before, dude. They just told me, go get a job and, you know, try to make good money. Like, okay, thank you. But if I was doing that, I would still be working at Best Buy, dude. Right, right. Yeah, my my mother's still holding out that I'll be a lawyer. She's <laughs> <laughs> like, you really, you don't like any of these shirts from J. Crew, maybe for Christmas? I'm like, mom. <laughs> like, I love you for trying. Uh, I love your mom so much. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah, man. I don't know. I'm trying to think of what else we can. Your West Coast. Me, hold on. Let me sh- sh- shift gears for a second. Yeah. Um, let's talk about when I first discovered um, Downstar. So, like we addressed earlier, um, I'm 22. Um, and I think probably 18, 19 was when I really decided, like, this car thing is like, this is it. Like, this is me. Like you said, like, this is what I want to do for free. I worked for S3. Like, I didn't even have a legitimate internship. I just, like, devoted all my time to them for, like, a, like a fucking year just yeah, because. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so where what really the, I guess, the initial inspiration for me realizing that there was something more to this industry than just driving a cool car to Sonic or whatever um, was YouTube. Right, so yeah. I discovered YouTube, and I came across the first person that I ever came across was a guy named TJ Hunt. Yeah, who, who in the first video that I ever saw 
with unboxing a box of Downstar bolts. No way. Yeah. 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 So um, from listening to your podcast with Mickey, uh, which I watched every bit of, it was great. Um, I discovered that um, you didn't even give those to TJ. TJ just went out of his way to do that, which spawned the relationship. So, so walk us, walk us through that, how that came out. You weren't a YouTube guy. You weren't really a big digital media guy other than socials. Um, And now you're introduced to this whole other world. What's that like? Well, I was familiar with the world, but um, in the Honda aspect of things, you know, I understood what YouTube brought to the table and I understand how it works. You know, you got to focus a lot of attention on it uh, for it to grow. So I have immense respect for anybody that has a large YouTube following because as you guys know, it's fucking hard. Mm-hmm. to grow a channel dude i'm dealing with those struggles today you know so yeah. um when uh tj did the video someone dm'd me and they said hey man congrats for being on tj hunt and i'm like oh what's that so he shot me the link i checked the subs it was like 600k and i'm like oh shit this is kind of a big deal watch the video he pretty much did a whole install tutorial on how the product works and um that was an alley-oop from uh from Eric from Ilk Fab. So Eric is like his fab guy. So Eric had been following Downstar and told TJ, hey, you got to get some of this stuff for your car. So TJ just bought it. So after I seen that, he gave me uh, exposure to 600K people for nothing. I don't even know who he is. So I found his number in our database, called him up and I was like, hey man, I appreciate what you did. I know that you didn't have to do that. Anything you need from here on, I got you. And then that was about three years ago. And ever since then, we've probably been on like 20 or 30 of his videos. And really? he's up to like, yeah, he's up to like 1.6 right now. Jeez. Yeah. And then that transitioned into working with Throttle, um, which Mickey's become one of my good friends. Uh, you know, B is for Bill. Uh, just so many other huge YouTube channels, Eliminate. And it's just, a, just like you when you saw it. They see it, the other guys, and then they hit me up, and I understand how it works. And um, I understand that YouTube does bring a great platform. So I will sponsor them with some products, and it's basically just like a handshake thing. Okay, cool. What do you need for your build? Here you go. And I don't even really expect anything after that. But then I'll see the video clip. Somebody will tag me in it. I could take a picture or whatever it is, you know, and they're just helping me get the word out. And yeah, uh, yeah. it's it's worked out awesome, man. And um, TJ is he's gonna be huge, dude. I, I see TJ Hunt being the new um, um, what the hell is that guy's name that does all the drifting? Jim Connor. What the hell is that guy's name? Oh, Ken Block. Ken Block. Definitely. Okay. I, I see. I see TJ Hunt being the next Ken Block. Uh, he has he's a great mind. He's a hustler, bro, and. Dude, he's he's light years ahead of anybody else that I see in his lane, man. So it was it was just like I said, bro. You you see those things happen. If I would have never made that call, who'd have known? Yeah. If, if that yeah. relationship would have happened, but you got to put yourself in that uncomfortable situation, see something, see the seed as what the plant it could be. You know, remember when I said that I met somebody in the restroom at SEMA? It was TJ Hunt and all his buddies, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> What's up? And then, uh, Sorry, you know, my hands are wet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> wet from Sorry. that from that relationship, I've got to meet Calvin, which Calvin is fucking awesome, man. We did a podcast on uh, 
uh, downtime, and it was it's one of my favorite episodes, dude. And just a young guy, motivated, just hustler, and the way that his brain works kind of aligns with the way that I think about things. And I would have never had you know a friend that's twenty one or what have you in that space if I wouldn't have taken that uncomfortable um, call and just yeah. you know just humbled myself down and said, Hey man, instead of being like, who's TJ Hunt? Oh, I don't care. Some YouTuber, whatever, you know, he's lucky. Right. He has our like what the hell is that going to do for me? Yeah, Nothing. Right. So it was, it was awesome, man. And, uh, shout out to TJ. Dude. Great dude. That's awesome. Um, what about being on the West coast? Do you think, you know, you're talking about reaching out to people and kind of how that's difficult or, or whatever you have to kind of like, you know, take the step to do it. Is is the West Coast like super clicky in car culture? Is it hard? I mean, because I know earlier mm-hmm. I, I caught you mentioned something about like I haven't had you. You mentioned like, um, you know, like S three is kind of one of the magazines that I've really, you know, been in more. Like, is that was that super street thing super clicky? Like, do you find especially in the Honda community that like it's super tight? And have you been able to kind of mm-hmm. like either break in or just break out of that and not deal with it? I could see why that is the uh, assumption from people outside of California. Yeah. Um, and a lot of that does come from, you know, Joey Lee from mm-hmm. Sticky Deal Joe, but he he made a platform and he took his time to build what he built and he just shows the cars on it that he wants to show. So maybe some from you guys on the, on the East coast, you see that and you think that that represents the entire Honda community, but really it's just through his eyes. So I would see it, but we even talked about on the podcast that we did together, like people would be mad at him because they're not showing, he's not showing their cars. He's like, um, only shows his friends exclusive. But then you think about it from the other side is like, yo, this is, this is just this dude's, platform and he could yeah. pretty much put whoever's car that he wants on there because yeah, yeah. he wants to he didn't ask for for that that clout that he received yeah, he, right. didn't, he didn't ask to be that person and uh you know uh, i had so many different thoughts about joey before we started building a friendship and now i see him like yeah dude if if you don't like the way that car looks like you don't have any obligation to post it up to talk yeah. about it or anything like that you know and um there's it's been weird, times though, that- like I wasn't really talking about Joey when I asked the question, but what's weird to me, I totally agree. Like that's his platform. He can post whatever he wants and he's very knowledgeable about what he posts. You know, what's crazy is how is it that the Honda community takes it as freaking gospel? Like what, you know, me being on the East coast and me being kind of like a different Honda guy than a lot. Like I, I think that they're pure fun and I, I think that they, you know, they need to be, driven as pure fun and owned and yeah. built as pure fun. That's kind of where I stand. Like if I had, you know, Joey's platform or whatever, but yeah, like it's weird. How does that happen? Is it because I like, why do you think he's got that clout? I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it, but why is it that when he says that a Honda is built correctly, guys across the country go, hell yeah, that is built correctly. And that's how I'm going to build my car now. And you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's just, just fascinating to me because I, I don't I nothing against Joey, but like we're pretty opposite in like what we think is cool in a Honda. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's just we are. So, yeah, I'm just I don't know, man. Hmm. Um, I think first thing 
is a mystery. There's a lot of mystery about Joey and he understood the value in that. Um, I'm assuming early on, you know, not being a loud person, just, just putting your words out there, putting your work out there. And if people indulge it, they do. If they don't, whatever. And, you know, that's the best attitude to have because you're not ever going to be let down, you know? So if you like, you could do anything that you want. So if he wants to do like a top 10, this is Joey's Joey Lee's top 10. Yeah, yeah. This is one dude, you know, it's me. I'm Frank Garcia. I think these 10 cars are the best cars of the year. Why are you going to get mad at me? Because I, you know, I don't like, your car and i thought of it from the other side because i'm like damn i put so much work into my car like why can't my car ever be featured or this or what have you but it's just like you have to break it down to what it actually is this is one yeah, guy yeah. one enthusiast what he likes you know and that's that's like a very attractive quality because he it's pretty much like a fuck you like i'll do whatever i want I'll post whatever I want. I'll talk about whatever I want. And this is me. If you don't like it, you can start your own platform. So yeah, it, yeah. it really took me having to look at it in a certain different way, you know. And then from the outside looking in, the, the West Coast is always looked at as like the pioneers of the Honda community. And the new stuff always comes out of the West Coast. And then you have this guy with a huge platform in the West Coast. So it just kind of makes sense that it's all intertwined but it's not there's so many other people that have other platforms but maybe they're not being their genuine self may and maybe people aren't attracted to it because they understand that they're not being their, their genuine self so it's just there's not really an elitist kind of attitude but the thing about the west coast is people people just kind of stick to themselves you know even here at my local meet i'll, I'll go to the meet and I know that people know who I am and I know people, but I'm just rolling through there. I'm just looking, looking, I'll park, I'll chill. And that's it, you know, because everybody's too cool. Nobody yeah, wants yeah. to go up and say, oh, shit, what's up? Because so their friends could be like, yeah, you're a dick writer or whatever, you know, everybody's going to be <laughs> fucking. But once you start talking to them, that's a different story. Like, oh, what's up, man? You know, it's like so they're, the everybody in the West Coast, their guards are so high, dude. Everybody's guard is so high. You'll go to eyeball me. And you'll walk around and you're just like everybody's guard I felt is that. just so high. I felt that 100 percent at Ibach, and I think I'm. A, I, I can admit that I'm a little over. I don't know for some reason the whole like us being from the East Coast. I feel like we've always had to kind of fight uh, that much harder to because you know it's it's natural to not get credit or acknowledgement or be taken that seriously. At least we feel that way because we're not on the West Coast. We're not in mm -hmm. everybody's backyard, so we're not front of mind. We're this, the way I tend to see it is we're this damn, you know, redneck magazine out of Georgia or whatever. And so <laughs> even though I know a lot of that's just in my head, I bring yeah. it when I go to the West Coast. It's just, you know, it's in my, but like, I could totally feel that. Like when I went to Ibach, I could feel like the tension, like just the, the, the chest puffing, you know, about like how <laughs> their Honda's built better than somebody. And that's the thing, like, Joey Lee with his top 10, he does that top 10 or whatever it is, isn't it? Like he does like a thing. Uh, yeah, he hasn't done it for years, though. I was going to yeah, say, S3 it. would never rate people's car like that. It's just not, I wouldn't do it. I don't, you're right. He's got every right to say on his platform what Joey Lee has decided is the best 10 cars, but like Jonathan Woolley will never decide what the best 10 cars is and put a 
publication out there because that's yeah, not yeah. who I am. I don't judge cars. I judge character. You know what I mean? Like, I, it's just kind of where I'm at, like, in the car scene. But, yeah, yeah. that's what I always wonder. I always, you know, like, I always felt like that Super Street. I, dude, I've had friends that worked at Super Street that were like, this freaking blows. <laughs> like, I got what I thought was my dream job. I don't know. It might not have been Super Street. It might have been in Port Tuner. Or I think it was actually both. Um, but they were like, yeah, I got my dream job. I moved out here. And I am just not cool enough to go to lunch with these guys in my office. And... I go home and I drink a lot <laughs> and yeah. I work and I make just enough to pay for this really expensive place that I'm living at, you know, and like, yeah. and, and yeah, they, they would just had this feeling that like, you're either in that clique or good luck, you know? No, I, mean? I, I feel you, but it's, it's not like that. Like I've heard that so many times before and it's, it's, it's just not like that. It's uh, everybody just being from California, man. SoCal, your yeah. guard is up all the time you know and if you if you're from a different part of the country maybe your guard isn't up all the time mm -hmm. you know but that there, there's so much there's so much that goes along with that you know it's culture population weather there, it, it all factors into it you know and, and even in the west coast like we have a lot of competition like there's cars that that have been built in like you know 2008 that still people aren't competing with today. So we're always competing, and you know we want to be like who's the next best. I, I want to take it to the car show. I want to yeah. because it's a competition. You yeah. know it's just the same same way that somebody plays football or golf or whatever. This is this is our sort of competition, and I think that that's one thing that we're lacking in the community is a true competition, which mm -hmm. you would need. Um, some kind of judges that are well respected and they've done something, they've built things, they know what to look for. And it's like a separate entity from the show, the event itself. So when I win this trophy, I know that I want it because of what I built, not because of who I am or who I know. Yeah. And where I feel like we're missing that. And that's, that stops me from even wanting to really build another car. Cause I'm just like, first of all, I don't have nothing to prove to anybody. And second of all, if I'm going to build a car, I want to build like the best car so I can like compete with it, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's just, there's a lot of, and to being, being here from the West coast, you're born with an ego you're born with pride <laughs> already. So it's something that you have to understand that you have, understand the downfalls of it. And, I really and do think that is kind of a, I mean, obviously it's a stereotype, but kind of a regional yeah. thing. Like I do, I hear what you're saying. And I'm like, that makes sense. And I'm thinking of different businesses and, and some competitive organizations that come out of West coast. And it is very like, we're going to do this seriously. Like we're going to structure this. And you, I mean, you've been to the, to the South enough to know it's like the vibe is different. It's like, yo, we're just, you know, we're just, it's, it's a lot less official. It's like, we don't want the trophies. We don't want all that. You know, it's, we just want to hang or whatever. But then they want the recognition. Yeah, yeah, they're not. That's that social media not, complex. They don't you're complain seeing. when they get on that Joey list. That's for sure. Yeah, because I see them share that stuff. I mean, it's it's important to them. I maybe we just act like it's not, you know, whereas California just doesn't put up a front like it's not important. Yeah, um, but you yeah. know, I got another. So like two friends, one from the East Coast, one from the West Coast, competing businesses or whatever, and yeah. and they got to talking. And the East Coast one is just like, well, we do the same thing. We should be mutual friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And finally, like the guy from the West Coast stopped him and was like, listen, I don't know how to take you right now. <laughs> and the guy from the East Coast is like, what do you mean? And the guy from the West Coast was literally like, my guard is up. Like, I'm not, 
I don't understand how to take you coming at me as a friend because we're competitors. And he's like, I'm going to admit I'm aggressive towards that. And you're coming at me as a friend. And I feel like you're really being real about it, though. <laughs> he's like, and that's what's got me kind of <laughs> like, he's like, I just don't give me a couple days. You know, he's yeah. like, I'll tell you back. I don't know how to deal with this. You know, he's like, it's just not like that over here, man. We're not. We're not buddy buddy if we're competitors like that, you know. Like it's yeah. like it's just different. And then take it to the to the East Coast, like uh, Jersey, New York, and stuff. You know, the the way that they talk to yeah. people is very disrespectful. And I've almost had yeah. a few confrontations because I'm like, yo, we don't talk to people like that, bro. If you say yeah. that, mind your manners. This is <laughs> this is we're gonna have a fucking problem, you know. And then what do you, what do you mean, like, like, bro, you. It's just different, man. We're from a different place, and we're just brought up differently, and we have different set of, of values, you know. And, it, and it's, of course, the the Honda community is definitely going to reflect that, you know, and, and say the East Coast as well. Like, the East Coast is, is the fast coast. All the fast cars are over there, and you guys have that. So we don't complain over here and, and say, like, oh, yeah, we don't build fast cars because who who cares, you know, yeah. we understand, yo, you guys are fucking doing your thing and we're not doing our thing over here because if we were, then we would have the fast cars yeah. over here. So yeah. I, I think what's, that that's... What's it like out there, like the landscape? But I mean, are there a lot of 90s Hondas out there running the streets in California or are they kind of just... I think that plays into it also because in California, correct me if I'm wrong, like you know, the, the government, the emissions, all these things become issues. Like, down here in the South, dude, like, I can run any motor in any Honda. Like, the, I've been pulled over before, and the cops, they don't they don't care. Like, it's just, it's not on their radar at all. They, they usually walk up, and they're like, you're missing the whole back half of your car here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, you all right? You know, yeah. like, they're, they're not worried about what's in it. But maybe that... If in California, you know, the, the laws and the restrictions and the emissions make it harder to take a 25, 30 year old Honda, K swap it and just beat on it on the street, then I, I totally understand where that results in a much finer built automobile that is kind of more of a collector, more of a, a museum piece. You know what I mean? Like, because around here, we're building them to go beat on them in a lot of cases you know what i mean right. and and we don't have to worry about the repercussions um, yeah i mean so do i never worry <laughs> a, a lot of people that i know don't worry they just do it and if you yeah. get caught then it is what it is you know i hear a lot of people bring up that you know they bring up cost of living they bring up emissions mm -hmm. and all that stuff is their solutions for everything yeah. You just don't give a fuck or you pay the ticket. It is what it is. You know, yeah. if you're going to let the the government stop you from doing your hobby, then that's as that's as deep as that hobby means to you. Yeah. 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 So what, what's a common occurrence? Like, I don't know if you know my let's just say you have uh, 88 CRX. It's got a K swap in it. It's gutted. It's loud. It's obnoxious. It's definitely not within california emissions and you get pulled over like how would that usually go like is it an impound thing or is it just a ticket and you pay the ticket and you keep going or most or? of the times i've ever run into it it was just a ticket and keep going i mean then then again it depends on so many factors yeah a lot of people that drive hondas um maybe they don't have that much respect towards law enforcement yeah, yeah. And, and if you're a police officer and you get with somebody who doesn't respect you 
then you're going to give them a bunch of tickets. But if you talk yeah. to them, like, hey, what's up, man? Yeah, you know, I did this. I've showed a, I've showed a cop my <laughs> engine. trying to get car. home from grandma's house. I brought her some soup yeah. and my other car wasn't working. And <laughs> Dude, I, I got pulled over and the I was doing a pass, you know, and the cop pulled me over. He's like, yeah, I heard you speeding down the street. I was like, yeah, I just, I just got the car running again. You know, he's like, if I pop the hood, is there going to be anything illegal under there? I said, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> And he just gives me a ticket for yeah. speeding, and that's it. You know, so it, it's just how you talk to people, man. And it's it's um a lot of a lot of people don't take the responsibility on themselves. The job for the police is to catch you. Your job is to not get caught. You got caught is your fault. Yeah, I mean, you heard that, people? Which is slow ass? You got caught. <laughs> which is slow ass? That's how I live life. That's awesome. I feel uh, that. I'm trying yeah. to think, oh, man, what else do we need to talk about? Anybody got anything? I think you guys all look sleepy, man. What time? Oh, I got tons of respect for you. Oh, it's dude. like four in the morning. Tons of love and respect for you, man. Thank you, bro. I appreciate uh, I, it. Uh, you know, um, lastly, everybody that that's listening, like, just understand that. Um, I'm just growing. I'm changing. I'm evolving, and I'm I'm trying my hardest. And you've a lot of people listening probably seen us go through some stuff in the public, and you know it is what it is. I thought that that was the best decision to make at that time, and whether it turned out not to be or what, I'm right here right now. So there, I probably wouldn't change it. There's a so I, there's a soldier lyric that's like you can't tell me who I am because I'm working on that too. <laughs> you know, like it's just one of those things. Yeah, exactly, man. And, and shout out to, um, you know, Martel, to Don, to Import Alliance. Like, I wish all them the best. You know, I wish everybody succeeds. And uh, I don't have problems with any man, man. It's just when, when it comes to business, you know, there's certain people that I want to do business with and certain people that I don't. That has nothing to do with I don't want you to have a great life. You know, I want everybody right. yeah. to have a great yeah. life, to enjoy their day. And, uh, yeah, there's a there's a Bar Bob Marley quote for that. I want I, I hope that you eat, just not at my table, right? That's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's um, so uh, well, anyways, Chinese for, noodles. What's next so for, for anybody that's looking for Downstar, where can they find you? Got you. So two part question. What what's next up? Um, we're really working on the cult stuff right now. Basically, this is um, this is a, a group that we're going to cap at a thousand thousand people um you just got to text the number 818-403-3473 now what you text it? it you text it, it you add us to your contacts and now we can text each other you text that number right now it's going to pop up on my phone just just like a text but what that does for us is we're able to send out mass text so if we're going to have product drops exclusive sales giveaways or anything like that I just send it out to the cult and put out the action for them to do and all of that is just just within this conversation so nobody in social media nobody in the public is ever going to know about it so we're actually going to be dropping an exclusive product that's going to come out in like three months and the cult is going to have the first dibs on it from a pre-order standpoint so they're going to get the product put it on their car and post it up and people are going to be like where'd you get that and they're going to ask me i'm like ah it's, it's not out yet you know so it's <laughs> i, I want to build our own exclusive um social that's media dope. And, and to be able to connect with these people, man. I have one-on-one -on -one conversations with people just random. I'll just text them, yo, what's up, Joe? What are you doing this weekend? They're like, oh, nothing, man. I'm just here. And they'll send pictures. We'll send pictures back, and that's it. 
you know, and it, I think it's it's awesome. And with this, I can send um, text to certain areas. So if I'm in Atlanta, I could say I'm in Atlanta, 50 mile radius. And be like, hey, what's up, guys? I'm out here in Atlanta. If you want to meet up for dinner, we'll be at Varsity tonight. Come through and see who shows up. That and, was sick, uh, man. Yeah, and uh, so you guys can hit us up there uh, once again. Yes. Just, just text it. It's, uh, everybody's probably thinking like we're getting something from them. You got to pay. It's not. It's basically like you give out your number to all kinds of girls that are never going to call you anyway. So <laughs> just text us instead. It's uh, 818-403-3473. Oh, and uh, it, it's been awesome, man. So I'm really working on the cult stuff, the podcast as well, uh, Downtime with Downstar. Um, it's on YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, everywhere. Uh, two episodes a week, Monday and Thursday. And I think Thursday, yeah. And then we have uh, Downstar at Downstar. Um, just always have some interesting stuff going on. We're actually having, since I said that my guy Alex is going to school, we have a new addition coming to the team, which is... Uh, going to be pretty big, man. I can't yeah. tell anybody on air, but it's it's going to be a huge one, dude. And uh, uh, yeah, I'm excited for that. Oh, yeah. Cool, man. Well, once again, thank you very much, Frank, for coming and hanging out with us. It's been a great talk. Oh, yeah. Appreciate uh, and then for it. you guys watching, S3Mag.com, get your shirts, the mag, whole nine yards, subscribe to all our stuff. If you're here, you, you're already on it. You know where to find it. Uh, but anyways, guys, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Oh, yeah. Thank you, guys. See you, man.